0: In today's episode, we're covering a lots of new terms, maybe old, maybe new, depends on if you've ever heard them before, in order to move forward with animation projects. From the marketing perspective, we're going to equip you with new knowledge on words that we as creatives use all the time. And then on the creative side, we're going to expand, we're going to try to expand your vocab to include some of the most common business terms that matter to your creative projects. So hopefully we can start to learn from each other. Let's do it.
1: Play that music.
0: Hey there. Welcome back. (laughs) This is Behind the Pixel, and open pixel podcast, the podcast where we try to bridge the knowledge gap between those who buy creative content and those who make it. For sure. Who's making it right now? Are you making it? Who's making it?
1: Like making like a comeback kind of
0: thing? I don't know. I'm thinking about making, making it. Yeah. That well, show okay. making it is Hold pretty it. good.
1: That's true. But the, who is making it right now or making a comeback? Jennifer Coolidge.
0: hundred <laughs> percent. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. She's, She's been awesome.
1: killing it in things like White Lotus. Totally check it out. I've. We could, we could talk about that for the rest of the podcast, <laughs> but to not get into any spoilers. Go
0: <laughs> Miss Coolidge.
1: Yes, yes, do your thing. But so today we're going to get into a different topic altogether. We are going to cover the key, 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 key terms that we all need to know from each other in order to move forward in animation production. So these are key terms for both animation and for marketing. And the reason why is because the problem that we usually see is that we all know that creatives and marketers have their unique languages Theory. that they speak within they have their own yeah. tongues. Yeah, they yeah. all speak to one another in a particular way. So one big pain that we come across in our line of work is for both marketing and communication professionals and for creatives. We're looking at each other saying, I don't know any of your terminology. Come again? Yeah. (laughs) So, what happens is both sides are leaving a pretty critical conversation in the production process without knowing what the other side actually meant. And that terminology that we're all used to has been handed down to us through our past experiences and the education that we received, and oftentimes it's never fully streamlined across
0: industries. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's just because you're making shit up. That's
1: true. (laughs) I can tell you that I have been to every single marketing workshop that I could possibly find. And every single one uses different terminologies and different approaches. And I feel like I'm spinning my wheels a lot. I'm going again through that Groundhog Day situation. Uh, Ah. It's crazy. With no one standard that that we're dealing with here, both sides are getting confused about how to actually talk to one another there. And that's especially true when there's already assumptions that are made about those respective terms. So I want to know, where does this problem actually exist?
0: Uh, I think at least for us and for me, maybe personally, the problem I see it most often is, is when I'm doing sales at the sales point. So when information is being exchanged between both sides and trying to figure out what it is we're trying to do. On the creative side, we're explaining the workflow before a project starts. Maybe we're discussing options about what style types we're talking about and figuring out how you're going to execute on the creative that the strategy person is talking about. What's the communication strategy here on the marketer side, they're explaining the needs of their project right which are critical to making the project profitable or beneficial or 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 effective <laughs> all of the above yeah so it's going over your icp it's giving us a sense of your buyer's journey it's fully understanding the value prop that your product or service has so all terms <laughs> that sometimes you might not be thinking about mm-hmm. so there's a barrier to entry when working with a creative studio especially at the start of a project and more importantly, if you've never worked directly with an animation team before.
1: Yeah. So we believe this problem is pretty clear, um, but we want to talk about it as always from each side's perspective so that we can figure out where this is coming from. So we're going to start by assigning some roles. I will take over the role of the marketer. I was going to say the
0: creative, but I will take uh, the marketer. Ah, are trying to take my roles here? Yeah. <laughs> you want to go? I will,
1: for today, I will take the marketer.
0: And I will be the creative. Let's okay, great. It.
1: So... From a marketer's point of view, let's see what's going on. Uh, So at the sales stage, right, that's where we're talking about in this moment in time. I'm typically coming to either a studio or a freelancer about a particular project or idea that I have in mind, which is great. And I might decide before that call to do some research because I want to feel a little more confident about going into this. Uh, I want to be able to tell you what it is that I need. So maybe I, I look around through... Places like the tubes of you are going <laughs> to
0: go to the tubes. Yeah. I go, go to, to the, the tubes checking out those tubes. It's totally in a trend.
1: <laughs> I go on blogs. I go online. I think I
0: like there was a research thing that came out that YouTube is like the second most used like search yeah, algorithm to sure. find how to do things or yeah. what things mean or Which something is, like that. Hence why I'd use it. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah.
1: I, the other idea that I could approach is that I could find somebody who, uh, knows a little bit about that workflow already. I can ask a friend or phone a friend. Phone a friend. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just like on a game show. Um, (laughs) And so as a result of that, what could happen is that I might feel really confident. I'm going into the call. I have an idea of what the term storyboard means. And Mm. I'm excited for that. And I'm going to I'm going to use that term. And I'll be like, yeah, this is a storyboard. And then you come back to me and you say, that's not what that is. <laughs> what are we and, looking at here? Yeah. And now I'm sitting oh. around kind of questioning, like, wh- wh- is what I learned wrong? Like, where what is happening? Right. So on the flip side of that, a second problem here is that I might actually decide to come in with no information at all. Right? I know you're, nothing. Yeah. You're the expert. I right? know
0: you. You're the expert. Please tell me what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: And what happens as a result there is usually I, I might actually leave that first meeting being completely overwhelmed because there's so much terminology and for there's it. there's so many things I'm learning. I'm kind of out of my element in that sense. And it's just getting, it feels like it's getting thrown at me. In a uh-huh. way. And so I'm not ready for it. I'm, I'm curious if the creative is dealing with something similar or something yeah, different. Yeah. What's the
0: creative throwing around? <laughs> yeah. I think at the sales stage, right. So from my perspective as a creative, my goal is to try to understand why you're making this thing right? What's the goal of the content? And I might be listening to what you're describing as your strategy for the content. And you might be using a shorthand, some sort of, you know, abbreviation or things that, you know, you're kind of just used to saying in your everyday conversations that I might not be entirely familiar with. Like what word was that? Right. What does that stand for? (laughs) You, you might also maybe misuse some of the words, like you said, storyboard, you might be using a word that I, I just might be saying, Hmm, that's not quite right. I, I know what you mean, but it's right, not quite right. right. So a, as an example, and this happens often, you might be referring to a product type that you're looking to create, but you're actually describing it through style terminology instead, right? Mm-hmm. You're looking at a piece, you're looking at some, maybe some reference and you brought that over and you said this, I want this type of video. I really like this style type of video. And And the description is like, line art and i'm like oh like that is not quite what this video is doing so So,
1: let me let me make sure i understand here because like i think i get what you're saying but what's frustrating is that you're telling me that you cannot tell me the roi of my cta for my b2c even after we ab tested it based on the research of my icp (sighs) boy (laughs) come on
0: take a long time to write that one yeah Uh, So let's get into some solutions to see how we can address this.
1: Yes, for sure. So we're going to go over a bunch of different terms that the other side should know about before you get into a conversation to figure out how to get your animated project completed. On both sides here, our general advice is to just assume
0: nothing. Seems like a trend (laughs) in our podcast. Yeah,
1: I think that's going to come up even in further episodes for sure.
0: Don't make an... Don't make an ass out of you and me. I think I, that, oh, that's is a, that the that's, a, that's the term? That's the saying that I've heard. Okay, going to, you yeah. Know, so that's how just, you spell it.
1: <laughs> I would say just assume me nothing. Right?
0: Assume me. <laughs> that's gonna do that's not gonna assume me on. nothing.
1: Yeah. So and respectfully, you can just pretend that the other side doesn't doesn't know it. That's that's okay. You can take note of whether or not they're using the terms that that you know correctly or incorrectly. That's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that it could be an easy way of then determining what their experience level is. And you can try to catch yourself when you're using a production term, like all of a sudden I'm, I'm explaining something, but I'm as a creative, maybe I'm talking about keyframes and you might not understand what that means. And I I, have to catch myself.
0: Yeah. I throw that around a a lot. I throw terms around all the time assuming that people know.
1: Right. But we have to catch it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can use that as an opportunity to define it really quickly. That way you can ensure you're on the same page about what all of that means. So the solution here is pretty simple, but we're going to take some time to learn a little bit about these terms, take our time with it and try to absorb it as much as we can, because you really you hate to see those moments when like two people are talking to one another and the other person's like. I'm using some terminology and the other person's, you know, nodding to totally understand what it means, but you actually have no idea. It's going right over your head. I've been in those situations. I hate when I do it. Um, Yeah. So let's, let's make sure that we're defining things. So why don't you take things away to start?
0: Yeah. So I'm going to go over, well, we're going to try together to go over animated terms for the marketer to learn. Okay. And Replace marketer with communication professional, if you're buying content, if you're interested in creating animation. Right.
1: Content buyer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So the first one is style. (laughs) Yeah. And that, (laughs) I hate that term. Wait, why? Well, you defy, so look up what style means on Google Uh or anywhere else really. Okay. And it's just a manner of doing something.
1: Is that really what it is? Yeah.
0: It's just, oh, style. (laughs) It's just the way I did this. (laughs) Oh, uh, what does that mean? Yeah, what are yeah, you talking that's real about? broad. Yeah, it's super broad. It's so <laughs> non-descriptive. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, there is style, like that exists. It's just to define it as a way to get something done is really hard for, for people to get over, like mm-hmm. for me to get over. It's, it's a me problem. <laughs> this is my problem.
1: I'm glad you're aware that it's, so, that it's you.
0: From our perspective, style needs to be split up. And the way we do it here is we split it up into two parts. There's the visual style, and then there's the motion style. They're two separate things. Visual style, here's how we define it. You ready for this? Bring it. (laughs) The visual rules and or production methods, you choose to create the visual look of one final frame. Mm. That's key. One final frame. If you pause your video at any specific point, look at what's happening in that, in that moment. And what is it that we're looking at there? It's not the video as a whole. Okay, mm-hmm. sorry. I can go on a rant about that for no, a No, uh,
1: it's important to be passionate.
0: <laughs> motion style, different. This is a little bit more complex, but hear me out. How the motion principles of animation are applied to move the visuals on screen. It's the application of the principles. Now, there are these things in the world of animation called the 12 principles of animation. Been, been a, a, around for a long time. You don't have to know the 12 principles of animation. As a marketer. As, yeah. as a communication professional to try to understand what's happening. But you do need to understand that the motion, you should separate that out in your head. How does it move versus what does it look like? And those are really the two questions that you really want to think about when you're talking about style.
1: Yeah. And speaking of style, I think we need to go even deeper into even this deeper topic into because there's, there's kind of different ways you can think about it in terms yeah. of a
0: group. So Yeah. So let's get into it. So we've grouped these terms into two buckets. I, I always love that term mm-hmm. based on our sales calls because I, I do a lot of those and people ask us about these terms all the time. So let's just get into it. One big giant bucket here is dimensionality. Mm -hmm. The dimensions that we're talking about. And technically, when you hear like words like 2D or 3D, that D refers to dimensions. Okay. And you can use up to three of them. It's XYZ to create your images. X and Y is 2D. XYZ is 3D. Now you can only, you you can't go beyond three. That's just how things are built.
1: Wait a minute. What about... 4D and 5D. Yeah. And,
0: and 6D and, and HD, HD and XD. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And 4K. No, sorry. No, oh. that's, that's not the same. That's not the same.
1: <laughs> that's, not the same.
0: <laughs> that's resolution. You no, know,
1: uh Like, smell-o-vision is technically 4D. Technically,
0: it not? yes. If you have things smelling, we talked about that in one of our bad ideas. It's like something that you put on for VR stuff. Like, Correct. you can smell you can Justin smell... Bieber's sweat from the. Ew. <laughs>
1: Yeah. smell vision is not coming around anytime soon. Oh, I don't know, man. Yeah. Someone's working on it. Someone's
0: working on it. Yeah. Anyway, another problem you face today around 2D and 3D is that it's really easy to fool people. I can fool you in creating 2D elements that look 3D. I can also make 3D elements that look 2D. That's crazy. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Well. That's, that's the power of technology and the power wow. of my creative skill, really, <laughs> oh. right? So some questions you might want to start with when you're thinking about 2D and 3D is really nothing about dimensionality, but it's what am I showing to the audience, right? What are we working with? But then in that, do I need to easily look at this product or service or method or thing from a different visual angle, mm. okay? So in 2D we're going to define 2D here, just refers to an applied visual style where the object is limited to one perspective, okay? So if you want more perspectives of the same thing, of the entire object, you're going to have to recreate that perspective, whatever that perspective is. So you can think about it as like drawing a 3D -hmm. shape. And if you're trying to draw each frame sort of rotating around something, each frame being a slice of time, If you're rotating around that object, you need to draw every single side of it.
1: Whether digitally or traditionally or through lots of different methods. Mm -hmm.
0: It doesn't doesn't matter. Right. In 3D, we use uh, an entirely different method to create digital versions of real world lights and cameras to shoot like film virtual objects that we've built. It's all of the same sort of stuff that we already kind of understand. There's cameras, there's lights, there's position and you can rotate around those things.
1: Right. So that's why I don't confuse it with the idea of like going to a movie and wearing 3D glasses. It's a that's bit a different. different. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. splitting
0: your eyes into two different places. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So just just be conscious of that. And I, I want to acknowledge here, too, that when people share like different examples with us, project examples or like especially if they're 3D we'll kind of instantly know the creative pipeline or what the scope of the project is going to look like because we know how to recreate that style.
0: Yeah, very rarely do we get an example where we really can't tell. That does happen Um, where, you know, the artist and the team working on it was so amazing that we actually can't tell. Yeah, what did which they as artists, 3D, we love 3D. that We're kind of like, stuff. What? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it sparks yeah. a little bit of magic it there. Like, yeah,
0: ruins your brain for <laughs> a couple minutes. Um, the other term around dimensionality, and this is the, the last one here, is 2.5D.
1: Okay. <laughs> <So> <laughs> which is such between, a made-up term, yeah. but
0: you might not see this all the time. The gaming community has basically, like, taken over this term for Mm -hmm. what what they do over there, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But when you think about 2.5D, it's a little bit hard to wrap your head around this if you don't work with this kind of stuff on a day-to-day basis. But it's implied dimensionality. So you're still working with 2D elements, but you're putting those 2D elements inside of a 3D space. So you can sort of rotate around them, but they usually they're flat Mm -hmm. and you can kind of like fake perspective. So it, it, it's, a, it's a simulation of 3D space right. with 2D elements. We do the same thing. We we do that all the time, but we also do the opposite, which is take 3D things and make them look 2D.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, but I think that now that we've kind of provided
0: everybody with all the... Ds you still ever All need an D's. animation? So many D's. Yeah,
1: I think we should move on into the next category <laughs> Maybe here. Maybe
0: we can move on into the C's.
1: <laughs> oh, sure. I guess that's fair, because the next category that I was gonna go through is content.
0: A, B, C, D's, C, C's. Oh, we're going backwards, aren't we? Yeah, we are. D, we'll see where who knows
1: where we'll go next. What are the Zs? <laughs> I
0: guess we started with X, Y, and Z. There
1: you go. Uh, so in this category, we are determining what the primary driver for the animated video is, right? What's driving the, the piece as a whole. The very first thing we think about a lot of times is text. So text-based animation projects are naturally driven by text, <laughs> animated, animated text that you'll see on screen. Uh, a lot of times you'll see this in like presentations or in music lyric videos for, for music.
0: Yeah, a lot of people think about music lyric videos first, but I think the presentation thing is, is important to point out because there's a lot of animation happening in that space as well for presentations, visual representations of the things the, like data, for example. There's a yeah. ton of text in there that gets animated as well.
1: Yep. So that's one driver. Another driver is iconography. And these are projects that are usually driven by either symbols or shapes. But the key thing here is that they're universally recognizable right? You can, you can do this across, across countries, across the world, and get a sense of what a certain object looks like or means or represents. We see a lot of times that icon libraries will be created by companies through their brand guidelines to make sure that they're depicting specific icons for the product or service that they're working on and when they're discussing certain topics that are related to their organization. Uh, so the, that's the second one. The third driver here is character animation, right? Characters are... Yeah, yeah. They're usually a pretty big thing. But one thing we want to dispel here is that character animation can sometimes be considered this idea that, like, you're making a mascot. and Especially from a
0: business case, yeah. Yeah,
1: we want to kind of dispel that a little bit. There are clearly cases that are, like, very true to that. If you think about the Geico Gecko, if you think about, um, more controversially recently, the M&M's Candies... Uh, and, yes. Yeah.
0: Is she sexy? Is she not sexy? How sexy is she? How <laughs> sexy can we make this campaign? Yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah, okay. um,
1: But it's not entirely the case when you can use character animation for things like short-term campaigns, right? I don't associate the campaign Red Bull gives you wings, right? That was a, right. a kind of a long-term animated campaign, but it was, you know, traditionally or digitally hand-drawn. Now looking today, I don't associate Red Bull with that commercial, I don't associate that character because they didn't take that character through. Ultimately, yeah. their their logo is a is a bull. Right? I was gonna
0: say yeah, yeah, their logo today. I think Red Bull's logo is is that the iconography <laughs> is like the driver for yeah. most of the stuff. Yeah. Not, I haven't seen like their latest animated thing. I don't, I'm right. not sure they have one, but, but yeah, uh,
1: it's it's interesting. So the idea is that character driven content typically has a story arc involved in it, and we're gonna get into a whole. Probably multi episodes about character animation as a whole. Yeah, we're going to go. Um, so just know that it is a driving force. Um, There's something I thought about, random side note question. <laughs> Do you have a favorite animated mascot? Uh,
0: Count Chocula. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, mascot? It, I'm wait, trying to think it of it, mascots.
1: Serial like, has.
0: like owns
1: the mascot community right like
0: (laughs) owns the mascot community i
1: guess like if you're Uh, thinking about
0: there's a lot of mascots in cereal for sure it's like
1: sports and cereal are the two things that use mascots the whole time
0: um lucky the lucky charms guy i don't know what his name is. Um, yeah um just be lucky
1: uh, yeah, oh, but the lucky. Captain Crunch guy, Captain Crunch, the um, the rabbit. the Cookie Crisp guy, the oh, the Trix,
0: Tricks, trick Rabbit, the
1: Honeycomb guy, the honeycomb Frog guy,
0: the Bee from from yeah, the, Cheerios? the Honeycomb thing. No, oh, the Bee from Cheerios. The Bee from Cheerios. See,
1: there's so many. There's
0: too many. <laughs> I think. Yeah. That's All right. Too before much.
1: we keep going into the mascots, uh, <laughs> why don't we provide uh, some. Great content in our next category. Okay. All
0: right. (laughs) Right. So our next category is methods of production. The words in these category really define how we got to the visuals on screen. The first term here, big term, motion graphics, or how the cool kids call it. Mo graph. Ooh. The Mo graph. How trendy. I'm doing the Mo graph. i That might tomorrow? be like a dance in the future. I'm doing the Mo Do the, the Mo graph.
1: That's not going to catch on TikTok, but continue. Uh, we'll what see. does it
0: Ooh, mean? TikTok <laughs> dance. Do the Mo graph. Um, I think, so personally, I think of these projects as like graphic design in motion. And if you're working with, if you have assets, elements, things that you have that are static, And you want to make them move to make them be more clear. Maybe you want to tell a story through those designed elements. You'll want to ask for motion graphics. We're looking for motion graphics. That's the term you want to use. Another term that you might come across, depending on the type of projects that you're working on, live action compositing, live action, compositing. Everyone kind of knows what live action is. If you don't, it's just shooting normal live video, (laughs) live action. Compositing Maybe not a term that you're familiar with, but this refers to animated elements on top. So the deeper you go into this rabbit hole of like putting things on top of real footage, the closer you get to visual effects, to VFX and and post-production work. I think we mentioned that in the last episode. Yeah, We won't go too much down into that rabbit hole, but just know that live action compositing means that there are animated elements on top of live action footage. Um, and the last method of production here, which is becoming a little bit more popular, is templated animation, okay, or using templates. And this kind of production is th- the entire production and the entire project is set up to be repeatable, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you come across templates everywhere. Figma, Canva is probably tools that you you might be using that use templates to give you a certain style or look. Right, um, or
1: base to go off of. Yeah, yeah.
0: social posts, presentations. You're building all these like, this collateral, these things that you can hand out and post or or put on your website, you can make custom versions of that that are also templates that can be used consistently throughout your campaigns. Right. So we'll do a whole episode on templates, but the idea is still sort of the same. The objective of the project is to set something up that's that's consistently repeatable.
1: You know, it doesn't take too long to contemplate play, con
0: contemplate. Uh, contemplate? <laughs>
1: Contemplate, a okay. good
0: method of production. Sure.
1: <laughs> I nailed it. I nailed it. <laughs> you
0: got to work on your pun game. man. You're
1: right. You're right.
0: <laughs> let's, let's move on.
1: Okay, fair. I think we said at the beginning there might be two categories here, but a third category that we wanted to mention was... Mm, uh, bonus
0: w- category. Yeah.
1: A fun... A bonus. One of our favorites, actually. It's uh, the commonly misused mm. is what we call this category. Yeah. Uh, so these are terms that we hear a lot. But everyone seems to have a different definition of it. So we'll try to explain it as, you know, concisely as we can. So the very first term we hear all the time is simple. Just Come, the come word. again, sorry. Simple.
0: Yeah, no, that's not a thing. <laughs> I just <laughs> want simple animation.
1: Right, right. I just want it to be simple. Right. What does that mean? So what is really happening here is that we're trying to define a visual style where... The assets that are getting designed or created have less detail. That's pretty much it. We want,
0: re- <laughs> we want less detail. Yeah. That's a good way to say whatever it is. Like we want the visual style to have less detail. Right.
1: Let's try to cut out the idea of, of simple and, and be a little more clear about yeah, what we and Especially
0: there. in animation, really nothing is simple.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. You can make things Seem simple
0: and be but, very complex. Like you can have yeah. a uh, you can have a very simple looking visual style with a very complex motion back behind end. it. Yeah, yeah. you know sure. who does that a lot? Google. Uh, like a lot of the animations that Google does, beautiful animations. They're very complex, very mm-hmm. technical, amazing work.
1: Yeah, things to think about. Another misused term is rendered. Mm. Rendered. This is also not a way to describe not a, a style or a motion. Nope. <laughs> yeah. So rendering in itself is the act of creating final images that, when played in sequence, in order, make the animated video that you have created. And there's two different ways that this happens. One is through real-time rendering, which means that you're rendering the image in time right now. Right now. I get it. Yeah, pretty much that's it. Uh, A render is usually just a single image or a single frame. Yeah, That's the difference between the two really.
0: Old school rendering versus new school rendering. New school rendering is again, real time. What you see on screen is kind of what you get. Yep. Old school rendering is like, I need to wait, like I need to poke a button and give it a process. And it, it it's almost like loading. Like it has to load until I get a final image. Yeah. Back.
1: And both have their own specific
0: purpose. Yeah. Right? And a, a throwback yeah. here. Uh, each frame on the movie Garfield. I don't know if you remember Garfield. Gar-
1: Garfield. Yeah. That's well, where we're going. <laughs> I was
0: thinking about like mascots and things. Oh, anyway, I see. I see. Here's, here's some data for you. 960 hours per frame. Jeez. Per frame. Wow. With fur. This is way... Before, obviously, I don't know when Garfield came out, but yeah. that's about 40 full days, 40 full 24 for hour days one for one frame yeah. of very so inefficient. So the next time
1: you watch the Garfield movie, think about that. Very inefficient. <laughs> very inefficient. Yeah. All right. Another misused term, mm. uh, kind of along the lines, speaking of Garfield, is the idea of cartoony.
0: Ah. Cartoony
1: is a term we hear a lot. Uh, usually it is just meant to be a style of motion motion style, not a visual style. Um, You can have characters or elements that have cartoony motion applied to them, even if the visuals do not look like a cartoon. That's something to keep in mind that. So we don't want to necessarily describe the entire video as something that's cartoony. It's how the objects are moving. So typically that means you're breaking the elements or the proportions of the object or character. Visually, that means it looks like a character is maybe squishing down or stretching out or bending in ways that they wouldn't be able to do uh, in reality. (laughs) So yeah, it's just adding a a level of bendiness to the character. But just remember, it's for motion.
0: Yeah, not to say that cartoons don't exist. Obviously, cartoons are sort of their own form and category Mm -hmm. of animation. But that's taking into account all of it. It's the stories. It's the visual style. It's the motion. It's like the package is a cartoon. Right.
1: So at least in the context of, you know, talking at the point of sale, like we'll try to avoid the idea of cartoony. Yeah. 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 I mean,
0: if if you get presented something that looks like a cartoon, that character or something like that, then (laughs) visually, you know, you're saying visually this looks like a cartoon. Yeah. But try to avoid it when possible.
1: That's true. Same idea on the flip side of that is realistic right? So this is a term that's used so often and so broadly that we don't want to recommend using this term for anything other than kind of the same idea of describing it just for motion style or just for visual style. A lot of times we'll we'll hear, we want to make this tone feel realistic. We want this video to feel realistic. But what does that mean? Like the word realistic can be can be so misinterpreted in terms of the different ways it can be applied. So If you're thinking about it through the lens of like motion, that usually means that the character or object or shape is going to behave like it would in the real world, applied with gravity and physics and dimension, (laughs) all that kind of stuff. But if you're talking about it from a visual style, you might want your scene or your designs to look and feel like they would again in the real world.
0: Right. There's a term called photorealistic. Yeah. Which a lot of 3D... Houses people who work with 3D all the time are usually trying to achieve like a lot of the graphics that we have, all the animation that we're doing for live action compositing. Yeah, usually is photorealistic. Yeah, so that it you can't so play. that so that you can't <laughs> distinguish the animated parts from the non animated parts. Right. Yeah.
1: Okay. The very last term that we have for the misused column is flat. Flat. Uh, I think sometimes even we've misused this, but basically it's when people use this term. They're usually talking about a 2D motion graphics animated video. That's pretty much it. Usually they contain little detail in those objects or elements or characters or assets. So it might be simple in nature. But yeah, I think trying to avoid all of that, we, we need better descriptive terms to get uh, to, you <laughs> to know, explain what it is we mean. We're doing what we can here. But, oh, yeah. You know,
0: at least we're trying to help out. These are the terms that we, when we come across them, we're saying, okay, how can I redefine what you just told me
1: mm-hmm.
0: into something that's usable? To figure right? out what, figure what it out is what, that we mean. Yeah. How, yeah. Do we, how do we move forward from what you just said? Definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: Speaking of flat, in animation,
1: yeah.
0: is it possible to have a flat earth? Oh, Wow. You're getting mm, uh conspiracy <laughs> theories. I
1: see. I uh, hear
0: conspiracy theories are really good for the YouTube algorithm. <laughs> I don't
1: know. <laughs> it's all part of the plan. It's all working. <laughs> uh so
0: I hear uh, you get more views if we talk right, about flat earth. Yeah, no.
1: <laughs> probably well. Huh. Boy, so I think Technically, yes, you can animate a flat earth, but <laughs> because we're not getting into like science conversation today, uh, why don't we jump into the next topic?
0: Yes. So marketing terms for the creative. Okay. This is new territory here for <laughs> creatives. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you're you a creative. Know. You yeah. might you might know all these terms and skip this entire section. <laughs> but here we're talking about strategy. And I know that everyone has their own definition of strategy, or or you might know what strategy means, but I want to put it in the context of these creative projects for marketing purposes. The strategy is from the marketer's perspective, how I plan to deploy the project once it's complete, right? What's the strategy for the video after it's done? It happens after the job is done. Lots of creatives forget about asking This part because it's so important to the whole animation, it can inform all of the creative ideas and choices that you're going to make. And so, you should ask about what the strategy is. So, that's what we say when we say strategy, that's what we're talking about. So, in the strategy category, some terms you might hear ICP or customer avatar, (laughs) customer. Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh no! Sorry, no customer Avatar: The Way of the Water. <laughs> I believe. <To laughs> I think we need to more Avatar, yeah. like
1: <laughs> more like Avatar-related things <laughs> that don't actually exist in the same universe. Just uh, so we can add to what this. What about
0: memojis? Are those avatars?
1: I oh okay.
0: Yeah. that's a good question. There's also <laughs> avatars in the metaverse. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, ICP customer avatar. We we kind of group these two. They're a little bit different, but the whole point is to ask. Who are you looking to show this project to and get a real sense of who that person is? Right. So again, ICP stands for ideal customer profile. These are usually imaginary descriptors of who would ideally buy a product or watch the project and gain something from it. Okay. So, the marketing director, the director, the strategist, the communications professional, the person, the creative lead, maybe that you're working with, they should have a really good sense of who this person is, who, who this ICP is. And sometimes an ICP might be defined as a business instead of a person. And that's when you kind of want to ask about customer avatar. Customer avatar is very similar. They're kind of made up words and languages. Sometimes it's honestly a stereotypes of people put into some category and some buckets. So you want to be careful here about the differences when you talk about customer avatar and pains, or ICP and pains. What are your customer pains? What are your customer avatar pains? That's entirely different than defining the actual person. So you want to kind of know both. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Along the same lines, target audience, sometimes abbreviated as just target or audience, one of those two. It's a group of people identified as being potential customers, of a business or of a strategy, right? So here's my target. That's who I'm going to go after, usually based on that customer avatar or ICP, based on the data of even future projections. So meaning that the audience might change over time. So depending on that target, a marketer is almost always being conscious of where their audience is at the moment and where they will be in the future. So just ask about it. Lose your target audience for this particular project. Yeah,
1: and make sure to ask target audience because I think sometimes you can have a target that's usually like
0: a, a long-term a goal, goal, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah for the strategy. Mm-hmm. Here's two that are in pairs, B2B and B2C. Okay. Stands So B2B stands for business to business. B2C stands for business to consumer or business to customer.
1: Right, these are very cool terms because it's b Two with the number
0: two, the, yeah B and B
1: two. I think it's C. just out of
0: laziness, you know, to write the whole thing <laughs> we out. We gotta
1: shorten everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so
0: you know, business to business means it's the business is selling to another business, right? Business to consumer, which means that they're just typically selling to a consumer. So a company will describe itself as being B two B or B two C, which should instantly tell you what kind of target audience they're working with, or what what target audience you'll be working with depending on what you're doing. So you should always be thinking though at least in our opinion, any creative project should really be a B2C project. Even if the company you're working with is a B2B project, because mm. your video will ultimately be seen by a person, a consumer, right? Inside of the business on the other end. So you want to understand who that person is. Who's the person on the other end of the business that's going to be looking at the project.
1: Right. That'll continue to inform. Uh, because at the end of the day, you know, in our opinion, every business is really a P2P.
0: Ew. What do you mean?
1: <laughs> it's person to person.
0: Oh, okay. okay. But
1: yeah, I think that, was, that one's a more recent one than, yeah.
0: Well, I know P2P is uh, peer-to-peer. Oh. Uh, that's where um, Napster and there's a documentary on Spotify, on Netflix. I don't know mm-hmm. if this is a plug for them, but it's a great, it's a great, but it started with. They pe- might take us down. Peer-to-peer. If we, <laughs> from Spotify. If we... No, no. They started with peer-to-peer technology. Like the the tech, this is a long tangent, but the the tech enabled them to do P2P stuff. Anyway, next term, value proposition or value prop, as the cool kids call it.
1: Always. We got to stay cool. What's your
0: value prop, man? Man. (laughs) For the creative, the value proposition in the context of, of animated projects or projects, creative projects in general, is just the benefits your clients Brand, product, service are going to provide their audience. What is the benefit there? That's important to know because it's going to inform some of those creative choices, right? So your value prop might be functional. It might be emotional. It might be educational. It depends on who's watching and why, right? Depending on that target audience, that value prop is going to be different. So you can think of this as the reason that the audience buys into or watches the project in the first place. Mm.
1: It makes sense.
0: Yeah. Not to be confused with brand positioning. Why? Why? <laughs> Here's how we define brand positioning. A position, usually written out as a document, that a business establishes to define how their brand is different from their competition. Right? So this varies widely on how businesses think what matters in position, right? Uh, there's a bunch of ways to kind of think of this, but the idea in the context of the creative is to understand how their position will inform your creative choices. So an example might be, you know, some brands want to take take a stand, take a really hard stance on something, and that might change the way the AV script is written because the language might be different, mm-hmm. right? So value prop is how the brand's audience or customers benefit from the product or service or thing and the brand positioning identifies how a brand is different from their competitors.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty clear. I, I also want to acknowledge, I know this is a lot of content, so we're, we're about honestly halfway through the, the strategy category. This is a lot. So if you want to take a moment, maybe we can stretch, we can grab some tea. You know what I'm uh, looking
0: for is a bio brick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The way uh, audio listeners, the way he just looked at me when he said that (laughs) was just ridiculous. I, that term bothers
0: me so much. I know it does. That's why I said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, bio break. I'm pretty sure a bio break is usually when you're studying biology in the bathroom. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's what it
1: is. Yeah. That's, that's what people need to do more. Nothing wrong (laughs) with studying biology. biology. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Let's learn something. Okay. All right. Yeah.
0: So we're still in strategy. (laughs) Let's keep it going. Why don't you give us another category
1: here? Yeah. A couple more terms here to go through. So let's talk about a campaign, not to, let's not affiliate that at the moment with, politics and political campaigns. Uh, So a campaign really is just a organized course of action or a strategy to promote, to sell, or to inform on a product or a service. Now, a marketer will usually determine how long a campaign should run based on their intended goals or their strategies behind it. And a campaign can come in many different forms. You might have heard the term like a brand awareness campaign. That's one of many. We will not cover them all here today. The main point is to just ask the marketer what their campaign is all about so that you can get a full picture of how your project is fitting into their strategy as a whole. And sometimes the animation can be the main driver for a campaign. Other times it can be a solo project and just complement what's already going on throughout their campaign. Yeah, sometimes
0: the animation can be used on a bunch of different methods. Right. And and processes and structures and strategies within that campaign that permeate throughout the entire thing. For
1: sure. All right. So another term here is the buyer journey or the customer journey. And this is really the ideal path that a customer will take to either get to your client or to be nurtured by your client. Uh, And you really want to ask your client about this because it, it helps to inform both where and when your project will actually be seen within the strategy, a marketer should be able to tell you that, the the where and the when, and knowing that journey will actually help to inform your creative choices.
0: Ah, Yes. So don't stop believing in that journey.
1: Nice. Nice. Well done. (laughs) The final term we have in this category of strategy is A-B testing. Now, this is a term that marketers use as a way to compare two, maybe sometimes more options than that, Uh, but compare a couple versions to figure out which one will perform better, right? We see this often when a client wants to test out multiple endings of a video to see what gets a better response. You might want to ask ahead of time if they want to do this on their projects, because it might mean that you have to set up your project differently on the back end and it might even inform some of the animation choices that you're making as a whole.
0: Yeah. Sometimes there are hacks that you can do to set up a project so that it's actually a lot easier to swap out those specific changes. Yeah, I mean, you can get really specific on A-B testing. So it could be a color change. There's tools for that. There could be a backend change. So yeah, there's, there's so many, so different, many strategies. different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, A-B testing is kind of Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> so that's just the first part in our six part series of terminology. Wait, wait, we're wait, wait. Get- <laughs> hold on.
1: <laughs> we are not doing that. We are to, uh, yeah, there's only two terms left two terms total. Left. Bear so, with us, bear yes, with us. we're getting okay. there.
0: So the last two terms really we just want to mention because they're relevant to the performance of the project.
1: Right. This is another category. Yeah.
0: So so the performance of the project, we're going to get into a whole episode on money and, and financials behind projects. But the terms you, you may want to know and ask about to evaluate the performance of the content usually come with these two words or these two, really they're acronyms. So CTA is our first one, yeah. means call to action, CTA. It's a message or ask intended to entice an audience to perform a specific act. Okay. Or to take or to take action, right? So most marketers want their audiences to do something after they've watched your project. It's an instruction, a directive, something that's gonna tell you to do something like, like
1: call now.
0: Call now. Learn more. Learn more. Sign up for my scam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> most often you'll see these at the end of a project when the audience is directed to a website or a social media or anything like that. So CTA. Yep. The reason that's important is because when you're thinking about your CTA, that can be used as part of the measurement. So you can say how many people actually went through,
1: clicked on that website, yeah, which yeah. is part
0: of the journey. They saw the video and they went and and maybe got they to the A/B site.
1: tested that call to action. Correct,
0: exactly. ROI. We talked about that very briefly on mm-hmm. the last uh, on one of the episodes. Return on investment: a calculation to figure out how much you made from an investment a creative project can be thought of as an investment. So this usually is calculated by dividing the profit earned on an investment by the cost of that investment. So you can calculate your own ROIs on your projects you take, but when talking to a marketer, you might want to ask about this when thinking about, again, that performance of the video. What kind of ROI are you looking for on this particular project?
1: Yeah. So we know that this was a lot, but I want to stress here that if you come away from this podcast with anything at all, It should be just to remember the names of these terms, right? Even if you don't fully remember what they mean. And we're saying that because if you hear them again on a call and you were still unsure about it, you'll remember to at least ask (laughs) about what that means. It's never going to hurt to ask, unless the person that you're working with might be someone like, you know, a cocaine bear. <laughs> In which case, you're going to be eaten alive, and there's going to be a whole different set of problems that you're dealing That's with. That's another on that episode end. we should talk about. Yeah, yeah.
0: What to do when you come across cocaine bear. <laughs> um, speaking of our episodes, here's the tease. The last two episodes are super content heavy, and so we're going to give you a little bit of a break. We're going to jump into our first few hacks. Mm, okay? So yeah. Hacks are much shorter episodes. They give you bits of information really short tips and tricks and how to solve a problem very quickly right
1: uh big thank you to eMedia for producing this podcast as always our producer is jackson foot our music was created by hidden and licensed through premiumbeat.com and until next time stay honest
0: stay creative
1: stay open
0: thank you so much for listening we will see you in the next episode
1: audio listeners stick around for a bad idea Hello, audio listeners. (laughs) It's that time again where we have our great, great bad ideas.
0: I'm going to sigh hard so that people know it's the time.
1: We should acknowledge too that like sometimes we come up with bad ideas. I have come up with bad ideas in my dreams. That's how deep this
0: goes. (laughs) I came up with a bad idea this morning.
1: Yeah. Do you want to talk about it?
0: I mean, I think we did it together, but... um, yeah, so we were we were going over the the episode, right? We were Notes. trying to come up
1: with an example yeah, for like some of the terminology. would yeah. be like, oh, if we talk about A/B testing, what yeah. should this look like? If we talk about uh, what was it, the ICP? And so we, the yeah. idea
0: was, okay, well, we should put it in the context of a real product. Product, yeah. yeah. So so <laughs> solar panel skateboards, yes, or, or skateboards with solar panels on them, yes. And so
1: it, tell us more. The
0: problem here is that they would be wrecked because (laughs) you're doing like tricks. This is why it's a bad
1: idea that the, (laughs) the odds of this skateboard breaking, it has to be
0: indestructible. So that's one, two was that like, what would you do with solar panels on a so skateboard? So
1: if it's not electric right? It's, it's not, not electric, electric sta- it's just a
0: regular skateboard that has solar, solar panels. panels on it So
1: the only use I could think of yeah. is that it
0: charges your phone So another use <laughs> that I was thinking about is it would have lights underneath, kind of like the oh, Fast cool. and Furious cars yeah. You have skateboards with lights underneath And But again, they would get wrecked if you're
1: Right, <laughs> you're we need to re-innovate stuff. on the skateboard idea So Solaskate? skate. I don't know Skate soul. That feels like soul cycling, right? Mm, Like, (laughs) soul. Sun, sunscape. Solar roll. Sunboard. It's a sunboard. Sunboard. Yeah. Sunboard is good. Yeah. That's pretty so good. So th- this is also something we do, audio yeah. listeners, is we try to come up with a catchy name for It's gotta be catchy. It's gotta be good. You're and not gonna you buy usually, it if it's not catchy. And you yeah, and you also have to have usually a slogan involved in that. Yeah. And we're we're trying to come up with this on the fly. So roll, roll, what do you got?
0: Roll into this roll into the sun. No. <laughs> um, charge your
1: your your way into the hip board
0: <laughs> that's bad
1: <laughs> well you gotta workshop the bad skate. ones first. yeah that's true yeah maybe maybe what do in we the call it? Of, well in the interest of time here why don't we leave it to the audience
0: that's a good if idea. if you have
1: a slogan for our new sunboard, sunboard. idea sunboard sunboard
0: sunboard yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah if you have an idea or if you have a better name right we will happily take
0: it or if you're a creative show us a sunboard yeah the other thing would be if you're a marketer who would you market that to i feel like it's like teens who who are.
1: Right. But we were talking about this. I think this is a B2B company because the the solar panels are going to be made by a a company that has to convince the the people who manufacture skateboards. B2C. Yeah. So no.
0: No, the B2C company. So the B2B company who makes solar panels has to convince the B2C company who sells skateboards to To people. Yeah. Well, to To young teens. (laughs) Right. Young teens would be their target audience. Mm -hmm. And so they have to be climate conscious skaters
1: <laughs> environmentally conscious i
0: guess that's a want to say that's a group. A, that's a market yeah. right right yeah. yeah yeah so
1: see this is what we think through uh <laughs> if you want to join in that conversation as well we'd love yeah. to have you a part of it uh but until next time we'll see you around for another bad idea and yeah. hopefully another meaningful episode <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see you
1: soon take care